Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I thank you once again for joining us. Last week we had Mike Blaine from the Union Gospel Mission, who is the van driver. And by that, what what I mean is he goes out and he does all the pickups of donations that we need to go out and pick up. And he will pick up uh, sometimes from, oh, different uh, grocery stores and places like that, and also private individuals that may have something special that they need to donate. Those are my favorite, by the way. (laughs) He is uh, certainly an ambassador for uh, the mission and for Christ because he loves Christ. He loves the mission. It was at the mission he came to salvation in Christ, Mm -hmm. which I don't think you ever forget that first place you were when you knew that you couldn't do anything. And, you know, that's the key, isn't it? Sometimes we think that we're in charge, and when we do, we're in trouble. Because, you know, there's a reason the Bible says that when you are weak, you're strong. Because when you're at the end of yourself, when you're weak, when you know, I can't do this thing, then there's only one option, and that's God can. And since God can—and that's why I hate that bumper sticker that says, God is my co-pilot— I don't want God as my co-pilot. I want him in charge because if I'm I'm flying, I'm in trouble. No offense to you guys that have that bumper sticker, but I'm just saying, for me, I don't want to be the pilot. I want God in charge. Uh, But I have to tell you that right now uh, in our country, there is a lot of division. There's a lot of dissension. There is a lot of fear. We're all locked down. We're doing all these things, and people are just despondent in a lot of cases. There's a lot of suicide, a lot of extra drug use. Certainly domestic violence is up because of all of the stuff. And, uh, you know, my daughter stays, uh, has to teach her kids. So uh, I think her beautiful red hair may be turning gray soon. I don't know. Uh, She'd probably kill me if she knew I said that. (laughs) But the bottom line is that I understand that. And as I said last week, I, I feel the pressure and the gloom and the doom that is over the holiday season as well. And um, yes, we have things that have broken our hearts. We have things that are, seem overwhelming. But again, when we come to the realization everything in our lives is out of control, then guess what? We know that he who puts all things in order and who we claim to serve God does. (laughs) God does, right. And, you know, last week Mike told the story of how he came to the mission, and God, it's not an accident, by the way. It's not an accident he was picked up. It wasn't an accident that they gave him a choice to go somewhere. It wasn't an accident that he was put with a van driver who gave him scripture. None of that is accidental. It was all brought to, as he, you know, he said a knucklehead. Well, I got news for you. In God's kingdom, before Christ, there was nothing but knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can be the you can be a Nobel Prize winning chemist, the greatest scientist in the world. If you don't know if you don't know God, then what does He say? The fool saith in his heart, "There is no God." And so, the beginning of wisdom is what 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, the knowledge the fear, of God. The fear of God. The fear of God, yes. And so, Michael, we talked a lot about the different things that went on in your life, and, and I wanted to get to some of the things that were bonuses, more or less, to, to you know, God saved you. That you need to be eternally grateful for, because I am eternally grateful for it. But sometimes God doesn't just stop there with blessings. Now, we we know that the chief end of man is to glorify God. We know that's the case. And so everything in our lives has to give glory to God, right? Amen. Yes. But sometimes God likes, in my opinion, likes to remind us that there are other things that he—and he's watching and he cares— well, you have a little brown thing that that oh, is one of those oh, gifts. Oh, Why don't you tell the folks about that? Oh, uh, okay. I'm going to give you the long story. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh, I I uh, back when I drank and was in my addiction, I had I worked on a ranch. I had a couple of dogs. Joe Russ, right? Joe Russ. Yeah, yeah. Um, wonderful, wonderful outfit. Good man too. Bless his his soul. Uh, anyway, I, I had two dogs. Uh, I had failed due to my drinking to get them their parvo shots, lost them both. And, oh, and I told myself I don't hurts. deserve to, to uh, have uh, companions you know, like dogs anymore. That's, it's, I, I, I still feel terrible about that. But, so I, I said I won't have a dog. I just can't have another dog. I don't deserve it. Well... Uh, as it turned out, uh, one of my next door neighbors, as you know, uh, had a flash couple, forward many yeah years. many years. Uh, they had a couple of pit bulls, and uh, quite honestly, they they did not take care of these dogs. They and so mm-hmm. uh, I I I offered to. I brought them a food box from the mm-hmm. mission, yeah. and oh hey, this is nice, you know. And I said, by the way, can I get my? I had a big pot that I put water in for the dogs because it was hot. They had no, no water. And, uh, oh, that's yours? And, uh, yeah. And uh, I said, listen, I get dog food at the mission quite often. Uh, do, do you need any? And he, well, yeah, yeah. I said, well, I, I can come by and feed them. And, oh, yeah, knock yourself out. And so, consequently, I ended up taking care of these two pit bulls, uh, mm-hmm. Stryker and, and I, I forget the other little one's name, but um, – Grew grew to love them both, and that mm-hmm. that was God allowing me uh, to I have a dog them. and not have a dog. You know, yeah. uh, eventually found homes for for both of them, uh, which was a good thing. And uh, so, uh, yeah, okay, thank you, Lord. Um, when I was homeless before that, uh, I had I was working at the Hungry Hunter, mm-hmm. and uh, I would sleep under the. It was winter. I'd sleep under I five bridge right there, and uh, this one night, this dog shows up. And oh wow, you know, and he slept right by my feet there, and and next night there here he come, and and third night, and you know here I am working at a steakhouse, and this dog obviously could use some food, so I decided well I'll I'll save all the scraps, and I did, and so I after work I get up to my spot there, and I got a five pound bag of steak and prime rib, and and I'm waiting for Buddy, I called him Buddy, I'm waiting for Buddy to show up. And he doesn't show. Mm. And I thought to myself, I should have fed him. I had opportunity. And uh, here he showed up. I I had laid down and I had asked God. I believed in God, Mm -hmm. even though I was out there running and gunning. 
I asked God, please take care of this dog wherever he's at. And uh, so Buddy shows up a couple minutes later, and hey, Buddy. And so he was my dog for a few months. I had him for a few months. Everybody at the Hungry Hunter loved him. I was able to keep him in the back fenced area when, when I was working. Uh, he was a wonderful, well-trained dog. And I, I had been out visiting my daughter one particular Sunday, and I come back, and, and Chuck had told me the owner of, of Buddy had showed up. Oh, and, hard, but and good. Yeah, yes, yeah. And what had happened is this, this woman had pictures of, of Buddy, whose real name was uh, Howdy. Yeah, or wait, not Howdy. Uh, Duty. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry, that was terrible. Uh, Hootie, Hootie. 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 Like yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish. Like Hootie and the Blowfish. Okay. So uh, she had gone around with a photograph of this dog asking everybody in the and anybody, have, have you, you seen, seen this? the dog? Yeah. And somebody said, oh, that's Mike's dog, and who's Mike, and yada, yada. And so uh, I called her and said, yes, please come get your dog, because Chuck had told her I had the dog sure. with me, which I didn't. But um, so she she shows up, and, and she got her dog. It was about broke my heart because he he's so happy to see her and when we get all the his food and his bowls all that stuff together woman tries to give me money and of course i wouldn't take that and and so he hops in the truck the lady's with a friend of hers and looks at me and then climbs back out of the truck and comes up to me and puts his paws on my my chest and you know and says goodbye that that was and then no you gotta go and so that was the second dog. And uh, so now we get to this little brown thing. <laughs> um, my next door neighbors are wonderful people. This is the neighbors on the other side. Right. Yeah. This is uh, Roberto and Victoria. God bless you Victoria, both. Victoria. Yeah. Um, so they, their family raises men pins, miniature pinchers, red men pins in particular. And they wanted a dog. And when this particular litter was born, they picked out um, my dog and uh, brought her home at 10 weeks. They waited till she was 10 weeks old, went and got her, brought her home, had her for four or five hours. It was summertime. They also, I should have prefaced, they have a, a chihuahua or chihuahua. <laughs> anyway, yeah. they got another little chihuahua. dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they left Sadie, which is my dog's name now, uh, in the backyard with the chihuahua and she found a way out of that chihuahua proof well, she was pretty little back then. oh she was a, just a thimble she, she <laughs> couldn't get through a pipe now <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, i'm gonna tell her you took a yeah. shot at her on on the radio but but uh so anyway she escapes the backyard and those vents that go under your house but they mm-hmm. have a little screen across. Yeah. I, I have one goes into the laundry room there and i didn't have a screen on it then we do now Good. And she crawled through there, shimmied along my washer, and broke into my house. Uh, I get up 5.30. I was doing an outreach for the mission that Sunday. It was a Sunday morning. And I'm also babysitting a dog for Eileen's mother. Eileen works at the mission. Yeah, she's my development director. Wonderful, wonderful woman. Wonderful, she is. Don't yes. tell her we said it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, this little dog um, is crying. And I, and I I heard the cry, and I looked back at Bernie, which is the dog's right. name I'm babysitting, and, and he's sound asleep. It's 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. How does he I, do that? Yeah, <laughs> and I heard it again. It was coming from the laundry room. I opened the door, and here's this little tiny. Oh, she was such a, a, a beautiful little thing. So 
I have her three days before I can find out where she comes from. Uh, I finally figured it out. Um, I asked if I could buy her. Roberto says, oh, I, ca I can't sell her to you, Mike. And I kind of felt yeah. downhearted. And sure. He said, because she's yours. <laughs> and he gave her to me. He said, do you mind if I bring her in and show Victoria? She's worried. Yeah. No, 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 please do. Please yeah. do. And uh, so that's how I came to, to get uh, Sadie in my life. And uh, her name, Sadie, comes from Sadie Hawkins Day, yep. where the women picked the men for the dance. And uh, uh, she's been with me everywhere I go. I bring her to work every single day. I go kayaking. She's on the kayak. I go fishing. She loves that. She's out there running around catching her lizards while I'm trying to catch a fish. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's, she's really, uh, she's uh, enriched my life, this little dog. Michael loves Sadie. And Sadie is of course, Mike's dog, but she's also kind of a mission dog as well because he asked me when he was going to take her if, if he could bring her in. It wasn't right to leave her home all the time. And so in the beginning, she rode with him in the van, and everybody loved her. But she uh, she she told him later on, nah, I'm— yeah, That's work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. No, but she stays with—she uh, comes into the mission. She goes in and out the door— uh, She's got that mission. She, oh, everybody she that works there, she she's she got got them with treats in their drawers. Sure. She she walk up and and oh, I'm I just missed you so much. And, How about a treat? <laughs> you know, and yeah. everybody's got them. So she, she's a little pudgy right now. She but. is. She <laughs> she many times walks up to my door of my car when I pull in and I scratch under her neck and stuff, and she. She walks in and out of the offices looking at everybody with, you got anything for me? <laughs> now, you might wonder, uh, this is a show about the mission, and, and obviously we want to always talk about God and the glory of God and what we do at the mission. But the reason that I wanted Mike to tell you about Sadie is because it's a, it's a story that is all woven together with how God's mercy and grace and love is, because I I had told several people before that sometimes God, you know, will give us what we need, but sometimes he gives us extra things. And I think part of that is to remind us that he loves us and that he understands our loneliness, our suffering, and those type of things. And and Sadie has been with him, it's quite a ways now, Quite, I don't I forgot how long ago it was. Oh, she's she's seven years old. There you She'll go. Be, she, yeah. She's. So, uh, she uh, <clears throat> and like I said, she comes in and out. She doesn't bother anybody. She doesn't nip at anybody or any of that kind of stuff. And so, sometimes when we're at a place where you know, I knew that Mike felt uh, loneliness. He he loves God, and we love him, and <clears throat> and so he. He knows that, that we care about him, but sometimes in the evening when you're by yourself and, you know, you've done your studies and everything, there there can be a kind of a hole that's there. You know, Mike's not married right now or anything, and, and uh, so Sadie was a godsend. Absolutely. And, and I believe that with my heart. I believe that, you know, God sends us and has made dogs and cats, too, to be companions to us, and so it, it reminds Mike. And so 
and I let's want, not forget the friends. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've, well, I've got a wonderful um, mission family. Amen. I call it. Um, yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, so, God, God, His very word says He sets the solitary in families, and He brings out those bound with chains. Well, I was most certainly bound with chains, yeah. and I was certainly a loner. And God is—he's uh, uh, broken the chains, and uh, He's surrounded me with love. Um, I, I just, I don't know if there's words enough to express it, um, how my heart feels. It's, I'm so grateful. I'm just grateful. And I know God's in all of it. He is in all of it. And, uh, I, I gotta tell you that the reason I wanted him to tell you about Sadie is I wanted to lift up each one of you who may be feeling a little bit overwhelmed and down. Because we can get sad, and, and we can be solid believers and rely in Christ, and sometimes our hearts are aching, whether we've lost someone, whether we feel alone, whether there's something else that's gone on in our lives. And, and you know, I just wanted you guys to have a little bit of an uplift as opposed to, you know, just the everyday We've got COVID, we've got lockdown, we've got this, we've got that. There's there's always a bright shining side to things as well. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. and there's one other thing I need to tell you very quickly because uh, I don't really want my development director to kill me. Um, <laughs> we would very much like to put up a, a pretty good-sized nativity scene in the yard at the mission, and they're pretty expensive. And so if somebody out there has a pretty nice, pretty good-sized nativity scene that you'd like to donate, uh, we'd we'll like you to. <laughs> yeah. We'll pick it up. We have a van driver <laughs> who will pick it up. <laughs> and so I know that seems like a little thing, but what we try to do at the mission is we try to brighten up the corner and remind people who we are in Christ Jesus. And I just heard a thing. I think it might have been Alistair Begg that was saying that that you don't see nativity scenes much. You know, the state won't put them up anymore. They used to be everywhere when I was a kid. And so if you do have, you know, some of those plastic nativity things that are bigger, you know, anywhere from three feet up to six, whatever, uh, we would really appreciate a donation like that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and we have just the lawn to put it on, don't we? We do. Right? We have a lawn with big uh, – it's got lots of grass, got trees, it's got – these big stones that they put out there, and it's got three big, beautiful crosses that are in those stones. Yeah. And not to mention the beautiful lit-up Jesus Save sign. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is just like the old rescue missions used to have. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, it stays, Amen. at least as long as I do. Now, granted, I'm, you know, I'm not a kid anymore, but... As long as I'm there. Oh, you look good for 85. Oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, <coughs> I was glad to get back to the mission. I, uh, I love the mission because I love the work that we do for Christ and we don't do it perfectly, but you know what? I don't know who else. I don't think anybody else is handing out hot meals every night to the homeless. We can't bring them in, but we're 
still doing the food out yeah. on the front porch, and we and just we got plenty of blankets. Nobody's going to be without a bed. No, nope. you know I lived out there. That was a blanket was a gift, and they can yeah. still shower and yeah. also tarps because if oh, you yeah. get your blanket wet, it doesn't do you any good. But we, you know, they're still coming in for showers, still handing and out clothing. clothing. Yeah, and you know, uh, we just. Had got a big screen TV on a cart to wheel out to the sidewalk so we can give messages. I've been talking to a few of the pastors to give me a like a thumb drive with a 20-minute evangelical um, message. You know, we, we don't want to get into a lot of the doctrine of the different denominations, but there is certain things we can all agree on, and that's that people need to know about Jesus. Amen. Amen. And that's what we were commanded to do, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the entire world, yep. not just Judea and Samaria, but to the outermost parts of the world, and carry the good news with us. You know what? We've got a world that is is under this dark black cloud of depression, and there's an answer to it. You know what? On a Christmas morning, a little babe born in a manger, in the cold and in the dark, was what? The light of the world. And why is it that most people don't come to, to him? Because men's deeds are dark, and men prefer darkness to light. Because why? Bible says because the darkness hides, or they think it hides their sins, and it doesn't. And you know what? I just heard a quote, and I think you'll like it, Michael. I don't know the exact quote, but uh, a Scottish. Uh, there was a Scottish. I'm pastor. a Scot, by the way. You, yeah. you know that. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I, I'll forgive you. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, the Scottish preacher said that you need that to come to God, you come stooped, 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 because the doorway to heaven is low. And how do you come? You come on, on your knees. knees. You don't come like a king, right? Amen. You don't yeah. come proud, boastful, upright. No, come in fear, repentance, and belief. And God said, amazingly, anybody who comes to me, I won't turn them away. No Anyone that the Father has given me, I will in no way lose. lose. Right. And so that's some pretty good promises. You know, I have it on good authority that since before the creation of time, God never broke a promise. And never will. And, uh, you know, I was just telling a friend of mine today, I said, you know, I've been there 15 years. I don't know why God brought me there, excepting that God equips those he sends. And uh, who am I to be at the mission? Who am I to be director? I even told him when they first were interviewing me, there's got to be 10,000 men more equipped to be the director of the mission than me. And I told him, be sure that that's what you really want. Pray about it, because if there's any difference. Um, if there's even one of you on the right. board that, that has any doubts. Uh, doubts, I don't want the job. I remember right. that. Um, but there's a zillion reasons why he brought you. I know that. I was there. I, mm-hmm. I know. Um, you instituted daily prayer for all of the... Uh, and we're back to it. Absolutely. And by the way, Michael, we have just about 45 seconds. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing to these good folks? Uh, I would wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Amen. Uh, take uh, take joy in the thought that Christ is with us. Um, pray. Pray yes. daily. Pray daily. Yes. And I love you. 
<laughs> and in, in that, pray for this radio station, too, for the mission and every believer under oppression and everyone that's down and everyone that feels broken. And, you know, look to your neighbor and see if you can help. So, as always, my dearest friends, until we meet again, my God, hold you in his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched, and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.